0: He says, go until you get a no. I believe God meant for us to take the battle out there in everything, in using our gifts and our talents, in sharing the gospel with the world, in building the church. We weren't meant to sit on the sidelines and watch the game go by. The Apostle Paul said, run the race with the desire to win the race this year.
1: Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sports product lines, including Nebo tools and flashlights, sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby would like your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now... Get
0: ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. Uh, did anybody make any New Year's resolutions for the coming year? Some yeses, some noes coming back here. Uh, you know, I've changed the way that I do New Year's resolutions because I, I used to. I, I always made that uh, same New Year's resolution to lose a few pounds and get back in shape, uh, but I just never could keep it. So now I have a new uh, New Year's resolution to, and it's to drive by a 24-hour fitness at least three times a week. <laughs> and you know, I think I can do it. I really do. And God is going to do great and mighty things. Do you believe that? So I want to talk a minute about having a go mentality, a go go mentality. Because for many of us, we naturally have a cautious or even stop mentality. It's just built right into us. It's right there along with look both ways before you cross the street. Because stopping is our way of making sense of things. But I believe that God wants us to have a go mentality that's focused on advancing and not retreating. Focused on success and not failure. Focused on growing and not shrinking. The book of Samuel helps me out with this philosophy because it tells the story of Jonathan, the son of King Saul. And at one point, the Israelites' enemy, the Philistines, were gathering their huge army, preparing to destroy the Israelites. And Jonathan and his young armor-bearer, who I believe was a young boy named Charlie, and I say that because... They didn't give him a name. He's the young armor-bearer. So he could have been Charlie. So Jonathan and his young armor-bearer snuck out of camp and went over the enemy lines and let the Philistines see them. And being only the two of them, because, because of his faith in God and because of God's promise to deliver Israel from their enemy, he stepped out in the open And let the Philistine army see him. And he determined. That if they said come to us and fight. Then God was going to give him victory over the Philistines that day. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. You see Jonathan had a go mentality. God had already promised. Jonathan trusted God. So to Jonathan it was time to go. And advance The purpose of God. There was no reason to wait. And King Saul, he was still down the mountain trying to figure out what to do. Trying to put a hold on the situation. Trying to buy them some more time. And I don't know about you, but I think that I'm like King Saul too much of the time. It's like, okay, hold on just a second. I need to get a handle on a plan. So that if we can make the right move... And we can do it when I'm ready. But you see, there are lots of things in the kingdom of God that you don't need permission to do. The Word of God is filled with many instructions and even commandments for us to do. And I think many of us even misunderstand or misappropriate the term, wait on the Lord. We love that phrase, I'm waiting on the Lord. And certainly, there is a proper context for waiting on the Lord. But many times our decision to wait is just our version of no. No, I'm not ready. No, I'm afraid. No, I'm not sure. And many times when we say we're waiting on the Lord, the truth is the Lord is waiting on us. Jonathan was in alignment with God's purpose and he had a go mentality. I believe that's why God used him in that situation. He still had to fight the battle. And you will probably have to fight yours too. But his faith in God and his actions brought victory for his people. And your faith, followed by your actions, will bring victory for you too. You know, I like what Pastor Irwin McManus says. He says, go until you get a no. I believe God meant for us to take the battle out there. In everything. In using our gifts and our talents, in sharing the gospel with the world, in building the church. We weren't meant to sit on the sidelines and watch the game go by. The apostle Paul said run the race with the desire to win the race this year. This year I challenge you to have a go mentality. Say yes, not no. Go forward in Jesus' name. Don't let anyone or anything, including yourself, stop you from pursuing God's purpose in your life. Pray for his direction at every turn, but go living each day in faith that you are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Just go in Jesus' name. Will you receive that today? We all strive to be strong, not weak. But the
1: problem is we were all created with some strengths and weaknesses. Stay tuned for some good news. God's power is made perfect in your weaknesses. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now, back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. How many of
0: you remember the line of this scripture? When I am weak, then I am strong. Have you heard that before? Well, I want to talk about that in just a moment, right after I share a little humor with you, okay? Okay. Here we go. A lady called her pastor. The pastor was a wise gentleman who had that calm, reassuring voice that oozes confidence. The lady, who was obviously crying, said, Pastor, I was born blind and I've been blind all my life. I don't mind so much being blind, but I I have some well-meaning friends who tell me that if I had more faith, I could be healed. The pastor then asked her, Tell me, do you carry one of those white walking canes? Well, yes, I do, she replied. Okay, then, the pastor says, the next time one of your well-meaning friends says that to you, I want you to hit them over the head with a cane and then tell them, if you had more faith, that wouldn't hurt. Yeah, that's the kind of thing you would say. Just, just, just to set the record straight. <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 it is in our nature to believe that, that all weakness is a bad thing. We all strive to be strong, not weak. And we grow up aspiring to develop strong minds and strong bodies to create successful lives. But the problem is... We're all created with some strengths and some weaknesses. And recognizing these weaknesses and knowing how to deal with them is just as important as a, to achieving a successful life as capitalizing on our strengths. You know, we all know somebody personally, and we certainly know of people who have accomplished tremendous success just, just to fall hard due to their, their weaknesses. And a recent easy example to point to would be... Terrell Owens. T.O., the, the uh, Dallas Cowboy football player. I mean, what a tremendous athlete. He's such a force on the playing field. It just seems like there's nothing that he can't do. But his weaknesses... in managing his personal relationships and his fame... are severely hampering his success in life. But you see, God made us all with strengths. And weaknesses, and to understand the scripture that we were talking about, when I am weak, then I am strong, you have to understand where the Apostle Paul was coming from when he wrote it. He was in the middle of defending his ministry in a letter to his beloved Corinthians. And he was responding to criticism by church people, who was jealous of his impact on the people of Corinth. And they had made this observation... That while Paul wrote really great letters in person, he was a very unimpressive figure physically. And he had no charisma at all as a speaker. And, and you know, it would be natural for, for, for Paul to have been hurt by those comments. I mean, after all, he knew that all of his efforts towards those people were sincere. And no one could argue with of what Paul had witnessed and survived in his life, especially for the cause of Christ. I mean, he was beaten a number of times. He was thrown in prison. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. I mean, just about everything you could imagine had happened to Paul. But his response to the Corinthians was something like this. He said, you know, I could could brag about all the things I've seen and done about my first-hand relationship with the Lord, about my vision of heaven, about all the persecution that I've suffered. I could tell you all these things to dispute my, my critics. But instead, I want to brag about my weakness. Because God knows I've got them. And in spite of them, the Lord himself told me, My grace is sufficient for you. Now listen to this. And he said, For my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul went on to say, I'm happy to boast about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I'm happy for the insults. I'm happy for the hardships, the persecution. And in all difficulties, here's where it came, where, where, the, where, the, where the line is. I'm happy for all the problems, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. What an amazing revelation. We can acknowledge our weaknesses so that Christ can perfect us. I mean, can we really count our, our weaknesses as a blessing from God? God. Well, the Apostle Paul showed us that we can. Because for every inability that we have, for every iniquity that we're tempted by, for every infirmary our body deals with, Jesus knows we have it. And Jesus has promised to work on us all the way to perfection. The message is that our strengths and our weaknesses belong to Him. So don't let your shortcomings and your insecurities and your doubts and your failures cause you to run from God. For these are the very things that God wants to reveal His power to perfect in you. And you might say, well, I'm just too messed up. Just got too many weaknesses. Well, let me tell you today that the more weaknesses that you have, the more miraculous the work that can be done in your life through Jesus Christ. You can't overcome them by yourself, but with Christ, you can say, For when I am weak, then I am strong. A few minutes ago, the song said, He's the defender of the weak. He comforts those in need. He lifts us up like wings of eagles. When I'm weak,
1: then I'm strong. Do you have big dreams and aspirations? Stay tuned and hitch your wagon to Jesus. You can't imagine the adventure that he will take you on. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side.
0: Well, today is a special time when we honor all of those who are graduating. But I'm going to take just a moment and give the graduates their last grades for this year. And you'll be glad to know you're all getting straight A's. And here they are. The first A is for adversity. You see, you don't even graduate without overcoming some adversity. But it's important for you to realize that you haven't graduated from adversity. As you enter into the next phase of your life, you can count on running into some more of it. You will find adversity in the pursuit of higher education, your first years on the job, and in the developing of new and important relationships in your life. It's really important that when you encounter adversity that you remember that you are not alone in your trials. You have the assurance that God is with you. The Lord said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Adversity and how you deal with it is actually very important to your development as a person. As well as a Christian. There's an old saying that says, Adversity is the diamond dust that heaven polishes its jewels with. What that means is that it's through adversity that we develop perseverance. And perseverance is an essential quality for a Christian. The word says this Consider it pure joy, my brothers. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish the work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. So we know adversity will come, but we also know God is with us and will see us through it. Okay, the second A you get is for attitude. Now many times, shortly after graduation, things get complicated quickly. So one of the greatest assets you can have is a positive attitude. When things get complicated, it's easy for us to get discouraged and let our disappointment show outwardly by assigning blame to someone or something. But we have to resist the urge to do that because it's habit-forming and it's destructive. As graduates, your life is all ahead of you. Your prospects are endless. There's so much to be positive about. And you are on a quest to find the purpose God intended for you. And it's all good, including the journey to get there. So in all things, always strive for an A in attitude. And the last A that you're gonna get today is for Aspirations. Now, aspirations are dreams with subtitles, really. When you're a child, you dream of being a ball player or an astronaut. But the dream isn't all that defined. But as you reach this stage in your life, you can aspire to reach those things you dreamed about. You can have the confidence that you can, indeed, accomplish that thing that's burning inside you. The most important thing you can do is put your hopes and aspirations in the Lord. The Word says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. What a promise. You have big dreams and aspirations? You just hitch your wagon to Jesus Christ. You can't imagine the adventure that He will take you on. You know, they say there's no substitute for experience, and that's true, but there's also no substitute for youthful creativity. The great writer Pearl Buck once said, The young don't know enough to be prudent, and therefore they attempt the impossible, and they achieve it generation after generation. And that's so true. Graduate, this is your time. Sitting right Here are young men and women with the potential to be doctors who find cures, lawyers who change laws, missionaries who save nations for Christ. Don't let anyone try to limit your potential. But more importantly, don't let anyone or anything come between you and your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I promise you, you'll keep getting straight A's.